Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, we have David Debari in the studio today. And those that don't know who Dave is, this guy has his hands in a handful of different pots, if you will. Right, Nooms? Yeah. So he is the chef owner of The Cookery, The Parlor, and uh, Eugene's Diner. I got to eat at Eugene's Diner not too long ago, and it was an awesome experience. Really enjoyed it. And donation. And donation, yeah. Well, so I've gotten to eat at donation because you guys set up next to us at uh, The Best of Westchester. Wait, wait, wait. So you're telling me nothing sucked? <laughs> Literally. At there had Eugene's, to be one thing that sucked. <laughs> at Eugene's, no. I was thoroughly impressed from start to finish. Um, so I, I don't got believe the, uh, you. <laughs> we got uh, the bread and butter with like the ramp butter or something like that. Um, I think I got the pancakes. My girl got the burger, I want to say. And then we got some stuff to take home for dessert. That's fantastic. Dude, well, it was you. awesome. It was really awesome. I definitely enjoyed. Actually, so I also went to the cookery, the um, stick of butter pie. That's deep. One That's of my really, one yeah, of my favorite desserts. That's a for classic. Sure. Oh, thank you, man. Absolutely. All right. So it's off for a good start. Yeah, <laughs> tell us your story. When, yeah. When, so how did background. you get started with so many different concepts? Because um, I'm stupid, <laughs> first and foremost. Um, no, um, you, you know, you, listen, look, you're passionate about where I come from. I'm passionate about just about everything that has to do with my kitchens and my restaurant and my business and it's hard to like control the different things that you want to do right and 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 sometimes you just can't do it in, in one spot so like you kind of like i don't want to say you get bored because i'll never be bored at <laughs> any one of my places it's i know just, what you mean though it it, it 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 you know you want to do something different you gotta you gotta it comes time to try something it's new. time to evolve time to let people around you evolve and like create things so that not only it's not just for you but like you know you got you guys who work for you who want to like Maybe they want to go work for somebody else, but why not? You could work for us because we're a great company and we're going to do something different. We're always going to push the boundaries and the limits and do whatever we can. So that I'm very passionate about doing. So therefore, yeah, you then realize that your passion supersedes your actual thought process of how you're going to do things, right? And like, really, did you ever really think it out when you're opening three different restaurants, three different concepts? It's kind of stupid. <laughs> but it's adventurous. Yeah, right. So, so regardless of any of that, we're in it now. So now what the fuck do we do? Right. Right. So, yeah, I guess that's a good reason. Uh, opening, opening so quick together with things is pretty impressive, right? Yeah. Uh, talk about the cookery opening in 2009. Then you go into the parlor 2013. And here we have Eugene's. And donation in between all that in 2011, yeah. too, is like, it's crazy to see work ethic where rapid expansion kind of just happens. It's like you weren't sitting on your hands whatsoever. You were just planning the next steps. It seems like the whole while. Yeah. Um, I, I want to say it worked that way, but it kind of never it did. It, it, it I kind of do things sometimes without a reason. I mean, I know what I want to go do, but like sometimes if you're out there and you, you have something in the back of your head, it's like you, you drive around and you see this space and, and the space is like that that's where that's going to go, you know? Yeah. And then you kind of like, that starts to build the energy of, of, of making that project work. Um, but yeah, like here's a, here's a good story actually. So like when I opened the cookery, I really wanted a, like a Neapolitan wood fired pizza oven in it. All right. So I'm a, I'm a stupid kid who's opening his first restaurant. Doesn't like, I don't even know what I'm like, honestly had no idea what we were doing. And, um, but we soon realized that that wasn't going to happen with whatever small money we had in our pocket to make this thing happen and the size of the restaurant and the fact that we never built anything out before. 
So like, I was dreaming that that oven was going to be in there, and then, you know, it didn't. So in the back of my head, like, I did need to have that. Two years into the cookery, I had this idea. I met this guy who was building these these ovens, and we decided like, it's time to have a food truck, and and for a reason also because the cookery just we were so small we couldn't do a lot of catering and. I didn't really like to do a lot of catering at that point. It wasn't my thing. Like, I don't like buffets. I'm like a hot fired up chef, you know, blah, blah, blah. I don't do that shit. You know, you'll say that. <laughs> they don't realize that that's where the money is. But yeah, I, after that, it takes me a while. But so we said, let's, let's make our catering this wood fired mobile pizza oven that then we can then, you know, you know, kind of become more part of the community with farmers markets and, you know, selling to people and, and going to farmers markets and festivals and just, you know, being almost sort of a great thing to almost, you know, a, a donation. You know what I mean? That's it's D-O-U-G-H nation. And, and generally, we we like to donate. And, and we actually donate uh, 2% of our all of our profits to a different donation every year. Well, that's, that's pretty cool. Jay was talking about that. I didn't know that. That's yeah, and, 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 you know, anyway, so it's just a great thing to have and, and a great thing to cater with. So, yeah, that was my – I got my pizza oven and it was mobile. And how how often is that thing out on the go actually handling catering? You know, uh, during this, the, 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 the busy season, which is, you know, basically the, the summer, all the fall, yeah. Um, you know, we could have two or three parties on a Saturday, a farmer's market on a Saturday, a farmer's market on Sunday morning, and then another two or three parties. Um, and it's all really about the weekends, and then we're off doing something else, you know, one or two pops during the week. But, yeah, it's, it keeps us busy. Sure. Yeah. Uh, and, and to, you know, food trucks are all over the place at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, what's the food truck gathering that happens down in Queens and Brooklyn? Oh, uh, not Smorgasburg. Smorgasburg. Yeah, Thank yeah. you. Is that something that you ever look to even take part in or do or do some type of special event just for fun? No. You know, those things are, I feel like we have such like a good presence where we are and, 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 and we enjoy doing that, like just kind of moving around and doing a farmer's market and kind of picking, choosing where we want to be and, and uh, sort of being part of the community. And you really do get, you get a lot of great business and a lot of repeat business. And it, and it, it feels good. Like I don't actually feel the need to go worry about you know, like Brooklyn or New York city or, or you know, sure. We're, we're, we're building Westchester. Yeah, exactly. Uh, as well, are you guys, you know, also too, in, in the talks of, you know, while we're on subject of the food trucks, how, much of, uh, I guess, a bitch is it to get the permits required to set up in all these various locations? Is that I didn't find it to be um, that problematic or, or, or hard. Is I, that I, as I, simple you, as filling out the application? And yes, yes. I mean, it, it's really basic stuff. I mean, you know, you're setting up a small business. There's tax. There's everything else. And and yeah, see, every jurisdiction is different. Like you may show up to an event. But you're gonna, you know, have to go through the, the sort of the rules and regulations of where you are, and you'll have to probably file a separate permit for them. There's little things, you know, insurance, all that stuff. It's, it's, it's a lot of back end shit. But you know, um, it wasn't that difficult to get permits at all. Health department, standard stuff. Yeah. The now opening the the cookery but, first. Mind you, that was like seven years ago. So. Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, going into the cookery first. After you left under Mario Patali, right? Um, yeah. Was that a smooth transition right into the cookery? Or was there some time in between that when you were kind of well, figuring out the business plan? And um, where you're going? Lo- well, long after, uh, Mario working for the Babo, that was 
quite a ways back. I since then I had uh, actually was the, sh- the chef of Zupa in, in Yonkers for a while, um, but five years before I actually opened the cookery. So um, yeah, that's what I was doing. I was quite a bit of time, probably a good almost let's say five, six, seven years at that point. And then going into the cookery, you must have had this plan for maybe a year or so at least, yeah, developing yeah. all the ideas and uh, honestly. But see, it's funny, like, I always say, like, it's really hard to plan shit because no, shit never goes as planned, you know? And then you just got to do gotta it. And then it. you got to do it better, right? Yeah. Like, so I had, I remember sitting, you know, I would come home from Zupa late at night and I would bang out this business plan. I'd work on it every night, you know, for, for, for a year, to your point. And um, it was grand. It was, it was big. It was the you know, investor kind of place. It was, you know, it had all, everything that I wanted to have and right on paper. And then you're looking at space and you're actually getting to understand like what rents are and how things work. And so I'm, I'm looking for space and I finally realized, well, there's nothing that I can afford. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, we sort of ended, real estate agent showed us a place in Dobbs Ferry, this little spot, it was Austin Steakhouse, I think. And it was just like this tiny little thing and it was, didn't cost what to us was a shit ton of money, by the way, but it really wasn't anything in the restaurant world. So we just figured this is the place that um, we can make work. But it was not, never going to be what I had on paper. <laughs> yeah, it, not even close. It could, couldn't even come close to it. So that's why we, we ended up taking the space. And also, a very small story, a very good friend of mine, you guys know Peter Kelly, right? Mm-hmm. So he's always the last word on shit I do because he's like, you know, very close and, and, and supportive of me. So, you know, I, actually my mother said, why don't you go ask Peter what he thinks? <laughs> that's, how, that's how it works. He's the consumer. He, yeah. So, uh, you know, he's like, I know the space. He's like, do it. It's you. It's what you need to do what you do. And I was like, okay. So, cool. so Peter said it was cool. Peter said it was cool. The cookery. Signed on the dotted line there. It's oh, okay. funny. We have such similar stories you hear from like person to person. It's yeah. kind of the same thing. Like you have a crazy idea and then reality sets in and that's the idea. <laughs> yeah. we, were, we, were, we were talking last week about budgets and whatnot. And yeah. Justin is redoing the smokehouse in New Rochelle and moving across the street into a larger facility here. Nice. And we were talking about the budgets and uh, exactly same yeah. thing. Grand scheme plans and then of when course did, reality check. Yeah, when we opened New Rochelle in 2007 – we thought we had all this money, just like you yeah. said. We're like, oh, this is more money than I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. And it Little quickly, you know. quickly, it was not a lot of money. <laughs> and all the ideas that we had changed, and now we're trying to build towards, you know, a different different direction now. But how much, you know, two thousand nine is after financial crisis here too. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was kind of a good time to pick up a lease on a restaurant. I feel like no. Yeah, it was. And not that I really had any idea. Sure. That wasn't what I was thinking. Right. In fact, actually, to be quite honest, another story is that my attorney at the time who was, was, you know, representing me on on everything with the restaurant and whatnot, he begged me. He begged me not to do it. He he was trying to really, he was like, you don't, this is not the time to do this. I'm telling you, (laughs) your first no, don't. And I was stubborn, but it paid off. Nice. Yeah. Uh, how much has the cookery evolved, I guess, over time since you originally opened it with that first concept that you, you kind of actually brought to the table to, you know, what we see in there now? Yeah. Um, if you think about, like, what your first menu looked like compared to where it is now. Um, shit. 
we evolved so much and so I feel like we've done so many different things. Um, but it's, it's not too far off. It's not, it'll never be far off in terms of what's in the soul and what people will know they're going to get there. So that's, that's the easy part. Right. Um, so, but I think, you know, as, as, as a chef, you sort of, you change and evolve and influence like all the time too. So like those kind of show up, you know, in stages of the restaurant. And I think that's kind of fun, you know, like, I remember there's a time when I was super into like Fergus Henderson and, 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 you know, and I still am. And, 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 and to think that like, um, that restaurant St. John is like, that inspired me so much. It's just, it's soulful British food. And it, when I was so into him, that's when, you know, the cookery started to go from not just a soulful Italian, but just bringing in a little bit of something from, from everywhere else that really like fell into our, our basket, which was always, you know, sort of, pushing the boundaries a little bit and doing the things that maybe some people were afraid to do like and that's what Fergus was doing right so mm-hmm. we just kind of like built on that pretty hard and then you know um and I think now it's it's changing into something that's a little bit a little bit lighter a little bit fresher but still with the same soul and and um but never like really compromising in our integrity whatsoever like it's there's always it's always going to be deep like mm-hmm. that's what you're going for it's deep but we're just kind of like nodding to the things that you know, even now as a human that we're going through, whether it be health reasons or, or sort of like, you know, just changing as an adult, as a person, right. I think it just finds its way into into the cuisine and, and, the, and the brand, you know. So I like that's that. What. We do see, uh, I think, a lot of these polls and like you just said, with health uh, in general, I can't walk up to a handful of food trucks because it's fried everything. And I'm I like, know. where's the health conscious side of this? Like, I just shed 30 pounds. I'm yeah, trying to yeah. like keep this down, right? Like. Uh, I did just order a zucchini salad yesterday, which I would never do in a million years. How was uh, it? Like, it was fantastic. Oh, beautiful vinaigrette in this thing. I felt super healthy. I almost wanted to go outside and do 50 push-ups real quick. <laughs> um, but th- pretty good these are things that we see that start reflecting in menus where, like, yeah, it's not just all overweight things. Uh, now, do you see this jumping into the parlor where it is really more – pizza dough heavy and whatnot and are people asking for salad pies like here's here's what i'll tell you i think each restaurant everything is is affected by that and 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 because it's a really really profoundly huge part of us as a society right now and i understand a lot of it i'm really close to it I, i i i get it and you know there's a lot of research that says this is all eight of these fucking specialty diets, these new diets work. I get it, you know, but then like they also don't and it, it, it will never ever know. Right. So that's the way I look at it. And, and mm-hmm. but people are, are going and they're, you, 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 you don't know if you're serving keto or you don't know if you're a certain, you know, celiac or gluten free or whatever. It's, I think people expect, Nowadays, because of technology and, and, and you know, having more information and it's so rapid and to get s- things that are, you know, for whatever they're yep. into at that time. And, and, and I, I don't, I don't, I don't it, yeah, and, and, and because there's so many and I, I understand that. And, and um, you know, we always go above and beyond where we can, but it's just, it's crazy because we're on our toes about it. We're mm-hmm. thinking about it. We're, 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 we, we have to, right? Like it's, it's not a bad thing, but it's like. It's we're working harder at that right now, and and it's not easy. It's uh, tough too because it changes yeah. so quickly. Yeah. 
Like, yeah. you know, from one one year to the next year, it's keto right now yeah. is like a thing. And then, you know, it could change. Yeah. And you fight the urge to say like, no, this is, this is who we are. I'm sticking to, yeah, I'm going to do this. You'll come around and come back. But then at the same time, you got to have an option for yeah, everybody. Yeah. Otherwise you're just alienating, but I also, alienating people. I also think it, we offer, when I look at my menus, I feel like when you actually break down dishes, like we do, those things are offered. They're, they're offered. Like sometimes it just takes the waiter to, 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 to steer them in the right direction or build it a little differently if they can. And because uh, not everything has everything and we there's things that we can do. And I think that's also part of, part of uh, dealing with that. Um, I'm just not a big fan of like, the only thing I, is I like, like I could probably go vegan tomorrow. I mean, it sounds <laughs> crazy. Cause like I do love meat and, and, and I know you do. And, and, and maybe, maybe I, I couldn't, but the, the, you know, I, I like vegetables. Yeah. Like vegetables are so fucking good. Like, you know, like a wood roasted vegetable. I don't know. The oven at the parlor is, is like, it's like candy. It's like amazing. It's took it's so much depth and it's like, so eat a fucking vegetable. <laughs> eat a fucking vegetable. It's good. It's delicious. I feel that. I feel that. I got to be honest. Why so. do I have to turn it into something else? Like take the fucking cauliflower, turn it into a pizza crust. Fucking, I, I, it's like eat the fucking vegetable. The it's so good. The, um, the time since I started in Manhattan over a uh, little over a year and a half now, I've started to appreciate vegetables a lot more coming from working at Smokehouse where we were just dealing with smoked meats and all the barbecue stuff and burgers and wings and whatnot. But like the simple treatment of a mushroom when you treat it properly, yeah, yeah. it's fucking delicious. You don't need meat when you smoke have a plate full of mushrooms. Yeah, yeah, oh my God. Yeah, it's well, nice. Let's, let's calm down on that. We don't need meat. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you don't. Sometimes you don't. Some of the like, so if, um, if a vegetarian comes in or a vegan comes in, we'll often just make a plate of food just for them. Like Jorge was talking about, we accommodate people like that. But some of the veg plates we put out there look nicer than the steak plates. I got to be honest. You just take a whole yeah. bunch of vegetables, treat them nicely, and that's it. That's all I you need. It. But how, can I ask you, is it, have you feel the effect of, you know, this whole beef and the rainforests and the, the, you know, have you felt a hit of that? Have you felt people not come, you know? Well, like, like you said, it's, it's on our mind. Yeah. I think our, our base, you know, we've kind of be able to create like our brand a little bit. So the people are looking for that or people that are coming in, but it's definitely on our mind. Maybe not so much the plant-based stuff because, you know, we're, cu- we're curious. How does it, how do we stay barbecue, like true barbecue? Yeah. And then also have like this whole plant-based idea. It do- maybe, you know, we have to figure out how to make it still a smokehouse, still us mm-hmm. when we do it. But we have like um, adjusted to start doing the bowls, like we do like a barbecue bowl. Mm-hmm. So we kind of take all of the ex- excess stuff out of the barbecue and just get down to the protein, the vegetable and That's like, great. and like the starch yeah. and put it together. And it hits at lunch, especially when people are trying to just get in and get out and have something like it. Mm-hmm. It's hard with barbecue because it's so heavy. Yeah, yeah. it is what it is. You can't. It's so lunch, delicious. I'm going to have a full <laughs> rack of ribs and then yeah. go back to work. It's That's not going to happen. But, you know, we have to adapt a little bit like that. So what's the, what's the average time that somebody has during a, a, a lunch break here? Is it an hour or so? By the time you actually minutes. get to the place, you've got a half hour left. So, yeah, when you started posting these bowls up, I said, oh, it's a great getting get out. And for you, uh, that's important to get more people in the door, right? Yeah, it's uh, just, just simplifying it down to, like, the raw ingredients and trying to present it that way. Now, I like a barbecue bowl. I kind of want a barbecue bowl. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's go. We'll leave the meat out. <laughs> Uh, so, right, 2009 is the cookery. 
Uh, we just talked about that a little bit, rustic mm. Italian food there. And then you said, no, 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 I love pies, though. Let, let's get the parlor going, right, 2013? Yep. Donation yep. somewhere in between there, though. So right, so, so it was cookery, then donation. So we were, you know, operating out of there, and that was our, you know. And then there was, I think because of the success of that and that we really got great, amazing feedback, we said let's – there was a space available in Dobbs, and it was a small space, and I kind of looked at it, and it kind of felt like it should be that little – pizza spot and um so we decided to you know put the same oven same style right into that location and and they are very much brother sister restaurants from that kind of uh, almost gritty aesthetic to some extent yeah 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 totally the the, the parlor's like i always say it's like neapolitan pizza in a lower east side punk venue uh, the first time I walked in there, I order a pizza, I sit down, and uh, I order a drink, and, and we'll come back to this in a second, but the drink was already pre-batched for me in a little yeah. flask-like uh, bottle. Um, I think it actually was the bee's knees. But then I get the pie, and it's presented with these scissors, and the scissors just cutting the pie up right here. Where'd that come from? I mean, it's fucking common sense. <laughs> <laughs> I got so much fucking shit for that. And now they fucking love it. It does make sense. Dude, first of all, you cut it in any size you want, right, to start. And then it's like, you know when you've just about, you know, had enough and you're not going to do anymore? I actually watched someone do this at the the bar yesterday that I was talking to. It was fantastic. You know, you do that, you just snip a little sliver, (laughs) right? And then you you eat that, right? And then like two minutes later, you snip Snip a little little sliver, right? Uh, until the whole fucking thing is gone. But uh, I think it's playful. It's it's kind of, it's a little, gets the customer a little bit more in touch with the kitchen in, in terms of being, you know, hands-on. And I just make it common sense. And every, and some people have said to me, you know, all right, you know what really inspired me? Fuck it. You ever see Cobra? Stallone. Oh, year was this 80 something yeah, yeah. I, I don't think I have come on the dude walks the in with his black sunglasses and in his black jacket and he, you know he's like sort of this cop and and he's got this ratty apartment you know he kind of walks in all straggly late at night opens the refrigerator takes out a box of pizza sits down at his desk open the box takes his scissors and cuts the fucking pizza and starts eating it. And that this was it. it for you? This is it. That's it. That, that's where this whole thing stems from. Yep. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, now, too, how about, like, hospitality, right? And on that side, maybe you have some older clientele that walk in, they want a slice of pizza, you present them the scissors. Are they like, guy, can you take this shit back to the kitchen and cut it for me? No, no. It, yes. In the beginning, yes. And now, now you no. Start. People ask for them. People want them. It's fun. They get it. It's They're into it. They're very much into it. So you make your own lane and you retrain the people to expect something else. Yeah. Which like is best case scenario, which is important in restaurants in general. I mean, uh, let, let's circle back to you here. Just, uh, when you develop the delivery counter, so uh, not the delivery, the pickup, the takeout counter, right? Mm-hmm. People were coming in to pick up their orders so often that it was kind of, I guess, just becoming a, not a nuisance, but in the way of the actual service where you put this thing in the front of the restaurant where people could just come pick up their stuff be out just like that, no? Are you referencing Mamaronic or Nurishal? Mamaronic. Okay, yeah. Because Nurishal was the pickup counter first. Yeah. And then we built the restaurant around it. But, yeah, Mamaronic was that way, where we had everything at the bar, but then eventually. 
the first idea was to have everybody walk through the walk whole restaurant. All the way, see, like the full length of the restaurant. We wanted them to see the whole place, yeah. so we want to make them walk all the way to the back, but then it just became inconvenient, so we put it in the front. And, but in restaurants, as, as you know, an owner or somebody that's looking to speed up the service, you do have to kind of retrain people into rethinking it and looking at things a little bit differently, where they weren't used to walking up and just getting their bag. All of a sudden, they were just like, oh, this is a normal practice now. Like, oh, I'm just going to cut this right. scissor yeah. pizza up real quick. <laughs> Uh, or, for instance, sitting down at your bar, getting the bee's knees in the flask, and I was like, huh, it's pre-batched. I wasn't, I wasn't expecting that. Yeah. Um, and does that come down to kind of just speeding up the service for the bar? Or? I don't like to – all right, so it, it definitely does. And this, the taste the, – the, the, the bar is small. It's, really, it's like honestly like it's my favorite bar to hang out. I don't – you know, it's like – I feel like I'm in like a, you know, really dive bar in, in Brooklyn and I just – I love being there, don't even during the day, but um, like the graffiti, uh, yeah, steel on the back. It's nice. Um, but you know, I think that uh, what, what were you guys? What were you asking me? What was uh, the question? I, I was saying just retraining people and then sitting at the bar and getting the flask with the bee's knees. Yeah, so like, so oh, it's 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 bad. tight as it's tight as shit back there. So like, it, I want to say that it was built because I don't want to say it was built. What I'm saying is it was it's 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 good for it but really the idea behind it is that you as a chef right Mm -hmm. and me as a bartender or vice versa is that we're going to make collaborate and make this drink and it's going to be the same every time because we put some love in it and then you put in these cute little flasks and then yeah guess what it's a little bit easier for the bartender and a lot of fun for the customer so you know that's why we went there right how often are these flasks walking out the door? Are you ordering boxes of these things yeah, every three about weeks? about that. There's a percentage that does leave the building. How much, I really don't know, but it's it's not killing us. And, and eventually that might become a, a tax that's put on to bills. <laughs> yeah, again, yeah, right? yeah. You know? um, but speak, speaking of the tax, too, you know, you've instilled this 3% food-only surcharge into, is it all of the restaurants? Yeah. Which is great. And we talked on that a, a little bit last week or the week before and just you could pick up on this i'm sure but part of it. oh talking about the three percent <laughs> surcharge in which this goes back to the kitchen and you were discussing that oh, you were thinking about and, and yes. stuff like that oh, yeah. well we've always we've always struggled with the idea of you know the kitchen being so important in the restaurant because that's why people are coming like we tell our servers you can go out and get a rack of ribs or a cheeseburger or a pint of beer anywhere but if they don't, if you don't enjoy the experience, you're going to go somewhere else the next time. If the food is always good, though, that's what's going to bring people back as well. And there's that. We were talking about the wage gap in between, like front of house servers tend to get more money than the people more money than, yeah. than the yeah. back, and they're the ones that are kind of like the consistent product. So we we're always trying to look for a way to even that out without breaking the bank. But. Um, well. Danny Meyer started it with the no yeah. tipping, and that was how he was going to. Well, he's doing what he's doing. How much it's working for the rest of the people doing it? I don't think I. I, I actually listened to an amazing podcast of um, uh, Freakonomics, and um, there was a discussion on that. And and, and um, you know, it, it definitely didn't work out on a grand scale or change things, which is unfortunate because I think it's a really great idea. You can imagine a counting nightmare. Um, that's, but, the first, that's but, the first thing I thought. But yeah, I, about it. I um, I don't think it works up here. I don't think it would work for us because we were looking into it, you know. 
And, um, but really, you know, I, I spoke to a, a gentleman who you, I'm sure you all know, uh, Bill Taibbi in, in Westport, um, who owns uh, Jessa Paul and, and the Welk. He's, he, he kind of started it in, in Connecticut. And I talked to him a lot about it in depth, actually. And, and I knew we needed people in Westchester. He knew there needed to be people in Westchester doing this. And, and I said, this seems to be the answer to this is something that we can do. Like we're food focused and everyone can do it together. And I think, you know, it, it adds a lot of incentive to, to the kitchen. You know, it, it really gives them another reason to, to be there, but not, but to also work harder and, and, and evolve themselves and, and to bring the restaurant together collectively as, as, as a group, because it's not all about one person. It's not about the chef. It's not about the, it's about everyone. And, and, and if we can kind of like bring that, bridge that gap just a little bit, I think it would be awesome. And, um, you know, my wait staff, I know, are so into it because we're, we're a team and they, they know what we put into it. And um, we all respect each other and, then, and, and no one's really affected by it. We're all in it together. And, and um, you know, it does. It bridges it just a little bit. It bridges it just a little bit and it feels good for everybody. You probably get people especially to take a little more ownership in it, knowing that that's exactly. the driving force. Exactly. Jay was worried that the wait staff would actually react uh, adversely to it and no. be put off that that would actually come out of their money in some some way. So I, I was going to say now on the service side of things and having three restaurants that are actively doing such, is there something that the servers are kind of prepared to tell a person that goes, what the hell is this 3% kitchen charge that I'm getting hit with here? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's to let them know the story about how, you know, this is um, for our hardworking kitchen staff who breaks their ass every day. <laughs> they don't say it just like that. Uh, this is for them. It's uh, not a gratuity. Um, it is basically uh, an addition to your food portion only of the check. And... Um, Super into it. <laughs> That's basically what they what they roll with. And to add, to add to what Justin just said, on the West Coast, apparently there's showing up a lot more frequently in a lot more places. And through the forums, there's wait staff that are just complaining and saying this extra three percent is coming out of my twenty percent tip that I get at the end of the night. Really? Um, but but I mean, these are just gripes people yeah. have at yeah. the end of the day, right? Um, I mean, I, and listen, I don't. I, I've had people like not be into it, and for for also for one thing, um, you know. It's only on the food portion of your bill. And if, you know, if we actually fuck up, which we fuck up, you know, we take it off. It's like, if it's our mistake, it's our mistake, you know. Um, but, you know, I've had a few customers here and there at each of the restaurants who just don't understand it or don't get it. And um, you get that, oh, why don't you just pay them more? Well, <laughs> let me explain to you. Yeah. Um, because the minimum wages are going up, there's a whole nother discussion and, 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 uh, labor laws are changing immensely and it's, it's really not in anyone's, at least a business owner's favor. Um, but you know, and prices of product consistently go up all the time and there's, so it is, and there's only so much you can charge. That's just kind of like the whole bucket of like all that right there. Let's sum right. that up. But, um, yeah, you've, we've we've had people say, oh, "Just pay your staff more," or, or just raise your prices. The math we've done shows that, like, for a three percent on you know a thirty dollar check or whatever it is, you would feel it a lot more if we raise the prices a yeah. lot more. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't, I can't 
I can't afford to do that. I don't want to do that. Like, that's not who we are. So it's hard to keep up with, with everything that's going on, working on very small margins, as we all know. So. I mean, at some point with inflation, at some point with inflation, burger prices will just go to $20 and nobody yeah. will feel it anymore. But you can't be the first guy that starts paving the way to be right. like, yeah, we've got $20 burgers here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, come yeah, check yeah. this place out. Um, so then there's a $20 burger out there. I'm positive. Oh, uh, there certainly is. Yeah, there is. Sure. So you're pre-batching now and uh, a little bit at the parlor here. And then we go into Eugene's 2019. What was, what was the sentence that Rock, Rock said you gave him? What was that? Uh, you wanted that, uh, that dessert case right in the middle for everybody to see. No, he said there was a sentence. He said when we were talking about the design. When you were talking to Rocco? Yeah, yeah, when we were talking to Rocco. By the way, I love Rocco. <laughs> Rocco, if you're listening. Uh, no, we Rocco. actually grew up uh, down the street from each other. They really? Rocco and I. Really? Yeah, we've known each, known each other for like 30 years. Uh, talking awesome. about um, what he said to describe. Yeah, what he said wanted, it was like, it was like, like a badass a, something. Well, yeah, a badass 70s diner like in somebody's basement or something like that. Uh, what was it? It was the, it was the rotisserie display uh, with the cakes. No? Let me think. We've... Let me think about that. <laughs> it was something along those lines. I get, he was describing what you said to him to... Roadside diner meets 70s basement or something like something that. Something like that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's uh, a cool concept. Like, why did that... Why was that so important to you? Um, I think um, it's sort of... Okay, so first, we're designing another restaurant, and and I, I can't... I didn't know what to do with design. I had no no clue. First initial uh, in my head is sort of like a rustic, yeah, what's that place? Uh, Johnny Rockets. Yeah, like sort of like retro a little bit brighter, but like tie in, like somehow tie in, like, you know, brick and, and, and uh, you know, some barn wood or something. And, and then I'm like, wait a second. This sucks. I think my wife said. Why my wife says my wife said this sucked too. Yeah, we just this is where, where are we going with this thing right now? This is just awful. Um, and let's throw out the barnwood and the pipes and all that shit. And let's we're, what, what what do we do? And um, we started to think about like you know where where diners were really awesome and things were really fun and sort of where we were the years we were born in. And kind of growing up with a lot of that in our homes and whatnot, of that decor in the seventies, and I'm like, yeah, let's let's roll with this. Like, this is going to be fun. And you know what's even going to be better is that everyone's going to fucking hate it. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to fucking hate it. It's disgusting. It's it's so bad. Like you, how many times have you seen that cheap fucking wood paneling and just want to rip it off? You know how many people are like, you want mine? Um, and, but you know, that's kind of what we do. That's great. <laughs> I said, let's, 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 let's just own this. We, we touched on it last week, how the, the trends do change over time. And like everything has kind of just become a, a super mashup of all of the trends over the last like 10 years where it's like bringing the wood, bringing the metals, yeah. bring in all these things. And then I was saying that the number one rated bar in the world right now in, in New York city here is literally just a super minimalistic cafe with a dope cocktail program. Mm. So I work across the street a couple nights um, at, what is it? 
Big Shane's. Where do you work? Oh, really? Big <laughs> Get out of here. Where do I, where do I work? Uh, so sometimes your guys come in and they come check me on Sunday night. And I said, let me go return the favor and go now check I them out. Now I have to come right? on Sunday night. This See, is there fantastic. We go. Uh, but sure enough, I had a couple of minutes to spare. So I went over and I walked in for the first time yeah. after they've been explaining to me this place. And I was like, sounds kind of crazy. Yeah. All right. <laughs> let me check this out. So I walk up to the door after not realizing where it actually was. And I go, huh, this is... This is kind of cool looking. I walk in, and as Rocco explained last week, this little uh, vestibule entrance kind of condenses on you, and then it opens back up again. I sat at the bar, and uh, I wound up ordering the bone broth, which was served in this beautiful little tea kettle, teacup ordeal, right? Uh-huh. Uh, that was a great way to have a freezing cold day. That was like our first winter storm that we had. But then to walk in and like just sit down and look around, I said, this is super minimalistic. Like This is literally like an old school diner, but wait, there's like 25 taps in front of me and like a full scale liquor program going on here. Uh, Was that actively one of the things that you were looking to do is be able to promote this new age style of saying, Hey, you could get a cocktail here. It's safe. This is a diner that you can do that. Yes. It really, you know, a a diner at heart really is like, is about community and like everyone coming together and, you know, whether it's a cop fireman and, you know, somebody that got arrested by the cops sitting next to him the, the day before, whatever it is, you know, everyone's there together. They're coming from church. They're coming afterwards from their parties in high school. And all this. We all, we all, we all did that. Right. Like, and, and, um, but I feel like a diner is that kind of community place and there's a little something for everybody. Um, and yes. And just to take that feeling and then give it that a little bit elevated, you know, and, and really at heart, it's, it's a, Diner inspired restaurant, really, but I'm owning fucking diner and bar because that's where we are at heart. And, you know, um, yeah. So that I think the idea is to, to not only come in and get a griddle burger or, or a fried bologna sandwich, but you can also have really deep bone broth and an amazing salad and, Hey, add caviar, you know, and who doesn't want breakfast all day long? Yep. Um, so you can kind of have whatever you want there in the sense that not ever whatever you want, but however dirty you want to be or however bougie you want to be, you can do it. And so there's a little something again, again, something for everyone. Um, but yeah, that's how we came up with that. It's, it's funny too, the diner concept, because like you said, every, we've all been there at one point or the other after like I have childhood memories in a diner different from restaurant memories it's just like somewhere you go and it probably connects because so much of how we eat comes from like your childhood too like I have so many memories from childhood eating something and now all of a sudden that's like a comfort it might not be everybody's comfort food but it's just something like for instance shredded lettuce on my cold cut sandwich I'm like I have I have to have shredded lettuce because my uncle Tommy's deli in Boston did shredded lettuce and it just it's stuck in my head like I used to sit on his lunch counter eat his sandwich and shredded lettuce and it brings you back the same kind of thing with the diner maybe subconsciously you sit there and yeah. it just reminds you of something but elevated that's cool now out of out, out of these sorry there wasn't a question by the, by the way thank you um, but uh, by the way there's we put shredded lettuce on our pastrami sandwich and I get shit for that every once in a while but it's so fucking good. Nah, it's you good. Need shredded it's lettuce. good I love, it. I love shredded yeah. lettuce all right. Thank I you, like, by the like way. The so we're on the same. Okay, we're on the same page about shredded lettuce. So, you know, having three 
restaurants hard that are open consistently, right? Mm, yep. And you've got the donation truck too, right? Mm-hmm. How do you not spread yourself so thin amongst keeping all of these things in order? I mean, do you have the strongest team in the world to make sure that I like to think so. Executed? I do, I do actually. I think that uh, that's probably the most important thing. You can't operate without it. It's it's you have to make them you and you them. It's like you're you're a family at the end of the day, right? So you've got to really coddle that 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 team oriented and, and sort of in each individual and as, as a group together, you have to coddle that because that is so important or you don't do shit. Um, and you have to have good people around you. Like, you know, whether it's your wife or, or you know, it's mine and, you know, you support staff and, and, and consultants and, and people who you can rely on all the fucking time. Like whether it's Peter Kelly or, you know, um, it sounds like a good person. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so, so you gotta have people around you. In personal and in business and in in your in, in your locations, at your what, employees. At what point did you learn to be able to just relinquish some control and put trust in somebody else? I think that's the biggest issue with ownership. A lot of times is where they can't trust somebody else to carry out the execution. Yeah, when I when I realized that if I didn't, I was going to fucking fail. <laughs> um, no, it it, it that, that that is a part where like you think about like you really do need people, but, um, really, um, it's about having that right person and that right person is not easy to find. So in each one of my restaurants, like we have a chef and a manager who not only, and, 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 and I don't even want to say just chef manager, the whole employees, they, they really are like, Sometimes we feel like they are us, you know, like we really, they get us, we get them. It just feels right. Um, and I feel like we sort of, we sort of, that kind of like migrates to us for some reason. And I don't, I don't know what it is, but I, I guess it's the energy that we set every day for ourselves. And it's, that's hard to control sometimes, but you know, I think there's a great energy and, and, and people enjoy working for us and we enjoy the people that, that work for us as well. So. How much, how much, Freedom does like do the chefs at each restaurant have as to what you're serving? I personally like each restaurant has its brand, and and obviously I have I'm sort of anal about a lot of things, right? But really, at the end of the day, I it's not that I want them to; it's that I need them to. I need them to be creative. I need them to step up. I need them to evolve. Um, I need them to try new things. I need them to push me harder because I'm falling behind. I need them to be everything. Um, and yeah, I give them, you know, look, you can't go too far out of like the Italian gastro pub, right? Or you can't go too far out of, well, the diner, I can do it really with a fuck. Right? That, was probably, that was probably one of the reasons I did the diner. That was like, all right, fuck this. Let's do Chinese today. Um, but um, you, like, so let's just say the cookery, <laughs> um, you know, but let's just dig deeper in that, that box and, and get some new stuff and just keep changing all the time. They, they, we have to, we have to. I like, I I like that you kind of wrote off the city earlier, uh, not necessarily wrote off, but you said, we don't have to worry about what's happening in the city. Let's just worry about what we're doing here. And that kind of ties into what you just said too, is like, let's just push the boundaries and do unique shit. It doesn't have to be all the same all the time. And like, 
the attitude that you have of Eugene's is pretty fun, right? <laughs> right? It's like, yeah. I'm just going to do something. It's going to work. And if it doesn't work, we, we learn from it and we move on to, you know, the next experiment, if you yeah, will. Exactly. And uh, listen, our whole, our, our, our restaurant group, if you will, we are, and our motto is eat serious, have fun. You know, if you email someone, you're emailing someone at yada, 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 eat serious, have fun. And like, that's, that's what we breed. That's what we, um, in all the restaurants. So, um, do you have yeah. that website set up as well or no? Oh, uh, I think we're, we're almost there, but yeah, we're working. <laughs> it, it feels like an Easter egg website. Yeah, kind yeah. Of, right? <laughs> um, okay. So that eat serious, have fun. Uh, when you're bringing people on board, you're talking to them, you're kind of gauging their personality. You're seeing if they're somebody that could adhere to the values of the company, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are some of those things that you look for it, that are kind of notable off the back is maybe like a red flag that says, I like, I, it if, I like it if they like punk rock. That's a yeah. gem. Yeah. That, that sort of, it's a big one. That's like a theme. Yeah. That's, a, that's a good interview question. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Anthony Bourdain had the same, right. He was all about some, some about punk rock. Yeah. I forgot the band that he was into. No, no in effects, that, rancid and all these. Are you hiring by the way? Don't, don't forget about the jukebox <laughs> romantics, local punk rock band. <laughs> is Best that ever? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Okay. That was their plug. Jukebox romantics. Don't worry, that's going to be inserted into this. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. But as you are hiring somebody too, like what's something you're definitely not looking for that's when you're interviewing? Or are you not even really doing the interviews at this point? You're There's the no else dick rule. The no dick rule. Just don't be a dick. It's a good rule. <laughs> right? Straightforward. Yeah. Oh, nobody's yeah. just coming up to the interview <laughs> just as a full-on dick. <laughs> You'd be, you'd be surprised. Yeah, I was about to say, you'd, you'd, be, exactly, surprised. you'd be surprised. I've interviewed some dicks. You we don't look, you know, know, the, you know the attitude you're going to get until you actually sit down and start talking we to We really, I think the hardest thing and the one thing we look for is passion. So, and, and that's hard to gauge sometimes. But you, that's what you really want because that person is on board with what you're going to be doing every day and they want to grow with you and they want to evolve with you and hopefully do things together. Like that is what passion and in the spirit of growth too, right? We're up to three, four places now. We could say, I guess, future. We're 2019 now. We're into 2020. It looks like in about two years we might be to another restaurant. We're, no? we're into 2020. No. Yeah, 2019. <laughs> oh, I'm saying with Eugene's, Eugene's, <laughs> Eugene's at 2019. I'll leave it this. We'll 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 see. But um, I'm just gonna try to figure these three fucking things out first, <laughs> and then then we'll see what happens. Well, is it, is it mechanics that occurs where after the first one, the second one, you start to kind of put together this rubric where then into opening the third one, you're kind of following the rubric for the most part. So you could start steamrolling into, you know, full-fledged 8, 10, 15 restaurant, restaurant group at some point or... Are you trying to give me an anxiety? <laughs> you, what the fuck that's, just, that's just the way he talks. My, my motto is think big. That's all I got. That's the way Jesus he talks. Jesus Christ. Always. <laughs> you have some water? <laughs> Yo, but so this year you guys kind of accomplished something big, being two restaurants getting Michelin recognition. How did that feel? Were you like expecting that? Was that out of nowhere? Or That's, you- I'm so happy you brought that up because before we were having this conversation, I got lost somewhere and I, that was something I wanted to bring up. <laughs> <laughs> and we were talking about, you were talking about um, uh, fucking the city, like not worrying about the yeah, city. Yeah, and, right. and then I was going, it was making me think of that. But yeah. yeah. So thank you. Absolutely. Yeah. That was fucking huge. Like I, I really, you know, 
here's the story. I'm sitting there with Megan, my manager at, at Eugene's. I think it was like a, it might have been a Monday. Yep. We're doing something okay. off hours, like at the bar. And uh, I see a Twitter notification and I don't even use Twitter. I'm like, I, not even ever, ever, never. It's an awful place. It, <laughs> the, it pops up. I don't know why. And it says, um, you know, Chef DeBarry and the Cookery and it says Michelin something. And I'm like, I'm like, Megan, can you look on Twitter and see if this is a thing? So she's like, she looks on her phone. She's like, she's like, yeah, this is real. And she's like, and Eugene's too. And I'm like, what? So it was, it was really awesome uh, that, that, that they came out of the city, you know, recognized an amazing county, Westchester County, where we actually do have a significant amount of talented restaurants, tours, chefs, cooks doing really progressive shit and it's been happening for a long time now and it's getting better and better. So, you know, for, for, for them to recognize what we're doing collectively up here, um, is really amazing. It, it really, it's, it's good for, for the County. It brings people, people love food and drink and they love places to go. And it's a beautiful Hudson Valley and, and it draws a lot of people here and they should be amazing restaurants and they are amazing restaurants. And I think it's, it's, it's so much, easier and, and sort of more fun here in Westchester than, yeah. than having to be, you know, in the city. It's a lot um, more competitive in the city. It's yeah. More hustling and just the need to get things done all the time. It's, it's yeah, it's kind of horrible. And plus, I think you can actually do, honestly, not to get deep into numbers and details, but, you know, I'm, I'm a small guy. Like, I don't, I'm, I'm not looking to be a millionaire off this fucking thing. I don't, it's not, it's not who I am. So, you know, um, I, I, I don't, where are we going with this? Uh, talking about Michelin recognition. Yeah, but why was I talking about? Uh, you were saying that it's a, a different competition in Westchester than yeah. the city. Yes, is. yes. So like small guys. So like I don't. So so my restaurants are small. I'm a single owner operator. You know, you can almost do better for yourselves if you're if you're doing well up here, here yeah. than than having to worry about the, the nut of the city and and the the. the, the expenses that are out the ass you know i mean yes you're getting a lot of traffic and you're getting a lot of people but at the end of the day it all comes down to the same small percent that that everyone's taken you know it's just of what bigger pot do you want it from i guess you know so um yeah but i i really you know it was really super super honor that both the cookery and eugene's were mentioned out of the eight was it eight restaurants yeah that, eight, eight, that just got yes. and, and they're so awesome you know maria and and uh, Southern Table, like it's they're great places in in in, in Westchester. So, um, so you didn't know before they announced, like you found out the same time. Twitter ordered. knows yeah. that was it. Yeah, That's cool. It's it kind of it's crazy that it, you just get a little Twitter notification. <laughs> and you're like, uh, yeah. is this real? Is yeah. this a thing? I don't even use yeah. Twitter anymore. Uh, what are some of the other places that you like to go? Kind of frequent that maybe are notable for people that are in this area listening. Uh, you know, it's. I like to go to, let's see, I love Pulpatina, large, yep. right here in Largemont. Um, good friend, an amazing restaurant. Um, obviously, Peter Kelly's restaurants, I go to all the time. There's a, my favorite Italian restaurant outside of mine would probably be Lenizio in, in Ardsley. Scott Frangelico, amazing guy, amazing chef. Um, you know, it's, it's, I'm not out to eat much, to be honest with you. And, and sometimes, most of the time, it's, you know, uh, sushi at home, you know? It's... I really don't go out that much anymore. I, I, I'm kind I, of busy right now. It's the same. I rarely yeah. go out. He's always asked, how come you don't come visit me? I was like, I don't, I don't go out. I, I was going to say, I, th- I think in one of the Netflix specials, uh, 
David Chang, he, he gets home and he just like throws a ramen in the microwave. He's like, this is the shit <laughs> I eat when I'm home. Like, I don't want to cook anything. I've been doing this all day. Like, I just have these noodles in the microwave. Let's go. Yeah. I have some, uh, I have some questions that came off the Instagram post when we said you were going to have, we were going to have you here. So I'm going to, I'll shoot some of them at you. One of them, this one of them cool. I'm behind because I definitely want to know the answer, but we'll start with the first one. Uh, what, what has been your favorite event? F- oh, sorry. What has been your favorite event thrown since you started cooking? My favorite event thrown? Yeah. I don't know. If you that I've thrown events? Yeah. Have you thrown? Or maybe events that were thrown by things that you showed up to? Yeah. Or any, I guess any event that you've done. Um, I would say, like, I don't know if it's Cooktoberfest or Mother Shucker. Okay. okay. <laughs> All right. You guys need a bite? You, you never came to one of those? No, definitely never been to either of those. That Volts. That was great. Like, there was, um, you started with Cooktoberfest, and that was, um, it was like we just felt like we were going to have, like, you know, Oktoberfest, but let's do something that the cookery would do. And then I remember Captain Lawrence was, I think, just getting started up in the, what's it, the Elmsford? Elmsford is the, yeah, right. So, so um, we were kind of working together on, you know, making some events and doing some catering and whatnot. And so we said, let's do Cooktoberfest at a brewery, you know, and let's do our own shit that we would want to do, make our own sausages and, and whatnot. And it turns into this big thing that we did like annually. And a lot of people would come and we would have <laughs> a lot of fucking fun. Um, and uh, I mean, the first one, you know, we had, it was so weird because, like, I just kind of do shit sometimes. And, and like I said, we do it because we're passionate about it. The first Cooked Overfest, we had my favorite punk rock band, Jewabaka's Mandex, right? Um, they actually played at it, and everyone was like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> it was amazing. It was amazing. That's awesome. There you go. And Mother Shucker was? That was an oyster fest, and a reason for me to say Mother Shucker. <laughs> yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. I saw the I saw that T-shirt somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Like, this is the best T-shirt. I need to promote that somehow. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next next question. Why did Why did you get rid of the pork donut at the cookery? And, I had that donut, it was and super I good. and I agree. If it's not there, <laughs> I went and I went with my wife, and I couldn't get her to eat it. So the first time we had that was at um the Hudson Valley Paired at event. the uh-huh. um yeah Paired yeah. yeah yeah yeah. So we had we had that, and we also had the Twinkie. You guys did the Twinkie, right? Hold on, I think. Can I have help? Sure. Was answering this question? Sure. <laughs> Yo, Hold why on. did we get rid of the pork donut? <laughs> uh. Oh, nice. Oh, phone a friend. Hey, we're gonna phone. We're gonna phone it in. That's great. Hope she answers. Fantastic. Yo, hey, listen, you're on speakerphone. I'm on this this podcast. Waiting on fries. Waiting on fries. So you're on air right now. I'm on air. Yeah, you're on air. This this is Chef Sajin, everyone. Hey, Sajin, what's going on? So they're they're asking me questions that were posted on Instagram, uh, and one of them was, "Why did we get rid of the pork donut?" On me. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know how to answer that. The donut, the donut has been on for several, several 
be diplomatic. Be diplomatic. Space for something else. <laughs> super fun and exciting that will be coming out soon. Also, that was really diplomatic. Really, really diplomatic. It doesn't have a replacement just yet. Yeah, we have lots of donuts there everywhere. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it'll it'll, it'll show its face here and there. We we're you know we're just making some room for some new songs, right, Sage? <laughs> yeah, we got new stuff coming out. We got uh, new. <laughs> All right. Keep it fresh and new. All right, thanks, girl. Word, bye. bye. Uh, I I I do like that quote though. I did note that, or I've seen you uh, say that quote there with the songs, right? With yeah. The menu. Yeah. Uh, it's like yeah, we got the classics, but we got still have some new songs coming out. Oh God! Everybody always wants to hear cauliflower ravioli. <laughs> <laughs> play the hits. Just play the hits. <laughs> All right, last one. When is Chef Dave going to drop the rock album? That's from Sammy J. Drop the rock album? Sammy J, send that in. That's Sammy Jimenez, no? Yeah, yeah, Sammy, yeah. Oh. (laughs) I don't know what that means. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know either. I guess if people want you to release an album. Should we Google it? (laughs) Do you have a musical background or no? Uh, not really. I, I've been a struggling guitarist for a long time. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. I did so, play drums in, in, in uh, high high school. Yeah, high school. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Is that possibly the re- the reference? Yeah. No. If you, I was going to be a chef, I'd, I'd be a rock star. Yeah. That's, that's what I always say. One of the two. Yeah. 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 The, the people are fortunate <laughs> that you're a chef. Yeah. Just go ahead and be a rock star. <laughs> um. What do you have anything to to plug for the people? Where to, where to find you? Specials that are going on in, in the cookery? The Any cool events coming up? Uh, special? Oh, yeah, we got we got Valentine's Day coming up. What are you doing for Valentine's Day? Uh, what do we got? A, a prefix menu at the cookery. The parlor is just open, and sometimes that's just better, <laughs> right? And then Eugene's is actually just open, and we're going to be doing some, like, fun for two stuff. Probably some decadent meat pies and whatnot. Um but yeah, you know, I think those places like to just be, and people like to go so they can just be, you know. Um, but yeah, if, if you're but there'll be heart shaped margaritas at um, <laughs> the parlor. Nice, they're really there beautiful too. Really. Uh, if you're looking to go out on Valentine's Day, don't pull a me and wait until the last three hours to try to book a reservation yeah, because they'll all be gone. Why do you go out? Unless on you're you and you call me, and maybe we, there we, we can go. work it out. <laughs> there we go. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> 